The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. Uh, it has been uh, a crazy week. I kind of needed a vacation from my vacation. So we did do a replay last week, so we appreciate uh, those of you that uh, listen into that. But we are back live this week. And I did want to recap that, though. Uh, So we did the infamous daddy camp, and uh, I did get uh, an amazing response from the listeners a week before last. And so to recap that, you guys can uh, listen to that show um, week before last. Uh, We we titled it Daddy Camp, and then I did a little bit of uh, the five C's of communication right after that. Uh, But for those of you that may be just tuning in or just finding our show – Daddy camp uh, has become a tradition, and uh, so you know a lot of clients have been talking to me. A lot of people have been following up and now asking uh, what happened on Daddy camp because I did have several surprises and secrets, things I didn't even tell my wife uh, that we were going to do, uh, just because uh, I didn't want any of the surprises to come out. So to to recap really quickly, what Daddy camp is all about, um, it started. I guess when my daughter was about two years old, as a traveling consultant, professional speaker, um, I travel quite a bit. And so I would come home. uh, And back in those days when my daughter was two, um, I hadn't quite started speaking. So I was was really just a road warrior consultant. And so I would be leaving Sunday, coming home late Friday, uh, literally just, you know, late flights, five days in a hotel, eating out every night. And um, my wife was dealing with, uh, you know, uh, kids that, that um, you know, my daughter was two and she had a job at the time. So she was working nine to five and dealing with daycare and everything else. So, you know, I would come home and she would be like, please, can we go on vacation? And at that point, you know, I'm thinking if I see another uh, flight, uh, if I see another airport, if I see another hotel, another restaurant, I'm going to pass out. And so it started somewhat selfishly at the time. And I said, honey, why don't you just do this? Why don't you grab a girlfriend, use my points and just go somewhere there that there's a Marriott and, and go somewhere that Delta flies and just have a great week. I'll stay home and keep the baby and, um, I'll just relax. And that's how it started, and it has now evolved into a full-on what we call daddy camp. And so what daddy camp has evolved to, my daughter's now 16, I, I have a 10-year-old son, and what daddy camp is, is evolved to is uh, the kids you know, plan out all these different activities that they want to do and, and really just kind of have memories with daddy. And uh, you know, my wife and her girlfriends go away somewhere for the week. And it's just really about making memories now with with me and the kids. And and so um, it's just something that they've looked forward to uh, throughout the year. I actually look forward to it. Uh, my wife certainly does. And, and so we, we just uh, finished that entire week last week. So um, every day is just kind of jam-packed with, with activities. And, and I'll be honest. Um, so, so this Friday is back, you know, my first full week back at work. And I'm just now... I think recovering from from the July Fourth week of activities. So, uh, you know, we we see all the movies we want to see. Um, we did a really cool thing. There's a, um, I think if you guys have seen these escape rooms or locked in rooms, uh, there's one here in Birmingham where uh, they they kind of act like you've been kidnapped. So we were blindfolded and handcuffed to uh, a rolling cot, and, and then you've got an hour to, you know, figure out like 25 or 30 different puzzles to to, to get out of the room, and so. Uh, I posted that picture up on our Twitter. We we had a minute forty five left, and we, and we got out of the room. 
Um, so the the big surprise, though, is for those of you that that have followed me, obviously I've got the book No Day But Today. Um, I'm very big into Broadway, Broadway shows. I love uh, when I have uh, my New York City clients. Um, I often will uh, try to do the lottery and, and see the new shows. And so I've seen uh, Jersey Boys uh, several times. So the big surprise that I wouldn't reveal to anybody uh, in my family or at the house or anything is my daughter um, is kind of an old soul for, for music. And so she loves the, the music of Jersey Boys. And, and we've watched the movie together, and she loves the story of Frankie Valli. And uh, so she's been very upset with me that I've had the chance to, to see the show a few times. So I've seen uh, the national tour a couple of times. I've seen the show on Broadway. I've caught it in Vegas. When, when I go out there to speak, there's a, a standing show at New York, New York, uh, out there at the hotel. So I kind of rub it in and, and make fun of her a little bit and, and kind of tease her that, that I've seen the show so many times. So um, I always look for an activity or a surprise to do with the kids. And so I happened to just check the national tour and see if Jersey Boys w- was going to be anywhere close in, in the southeast, and it, w- it was playing in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so that was the big surprise. We got to uh, go visit my brother up in Huntsville. He uh, He's in the military, and uh, uh, or, or is out of the military now, but he's uh, has been um, uh, under the threat of war for the last 13 years. He actually ran the military air base in South Korea. Uh, for the last 13 years, um, and through just you know great blessings, is has been uh, is now stateside and, and is is operating the the air base now at Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama. So you'll see some of those pictures up on Twitter as well. We um, uh, he posted a beautiful picture of me where he says, "If your if your brother has no sense, this this is the amount of fireworks that he'll purchase." Uh, so we we held a fireworks show for him uh, up at, at his house and, and shot off an obscene amount of fireworks. And next day, got up and, and surprised my daughter, drove her to Charlotte. Um, and then she had figured it out by that night um, that the next day we were going to go see Jersey Boys. So we got a chance to do that. Um, my uh, vice president of business development, Mike Stevens, um, uh, is uh, performing in a play here in Birmingham of Newsies. So the the night the, the next day after Jersey Boys, we got up, drove back to Birmingham, which is about a seven hour drive, and caught the the opening night uh, of Newsies uh, to see to see one of my my great friends uh, perform in that place. So as you can see, it was just kind of a jam packed week, um, great activities, a lot of fun, um, and so we, so we had a great opportunity there. So now we're back to the real world, back to doing what we've got to do. Um, we're having a phenomenal time, um, uh, you know, trying to, to shake off that week and uh, get back to work. Uh, today, uh, we, we marked the official open of the Birmingham Maxwell Speakers Club. Uh, so a shout out to all of those people there. And uh, we had a special code word for them if they're listening, which was Mascro. Um, and so those people know what I'm talking about, but uh, I appreciate all of those people uh, that are with us and starting that journey. Um, and then a large announcement, uh, and this is really global. So for anybody listening, anybody listening to the podcast uh, that is is listening to this podcast or listening to us live right now, uh, before October 6th, 2017, uh, this, this applies to you as well. So they have officially announced what is called Live to Lead. And so this is going to be an incredible event. Now, I'm hosting it uh, here in Birmingham, Alabama. But there's going to be simulcasts just a- around the world. So if you live in Atlanta, Georgia, you have the ability to see this live. If you're anywhere else in the world, you can go to uh, the website. It starts with L. So it's L, the number two L. So L2L.johnmaxwell.com. And uh, there, there'll be a link at the top that says attend locally. You can uh, hit the button there that says attend locally and, and find just, you know, type in your country, type in your city, type in your state or zip code, and you'll find where it's going to be locally uh, for you. Uh, but this is going to be a simulcast event that's happening around the world and literally millions of people at once is going to be hearing some of the greatest leadership lessons um, as people are leaning in and getting this leadership knowledge. It's going to be 
Uh, Cheryl Bashelder, uh, who was uh, the former uh, CEO of Popeyes, but recognized as one of the top uh, women leaders of, of, of her time and, and really phenomenal uh, speaker around servant leadership. Uh, she's incredible um, speaker and, and, and really just uh, creates a culture uh, of servant leadership. Um, so she'll be speaking. Uh, Warwick Dunn, who um, really uh, has uh, had a phenomenal career in professional football, uh, but now uh, has devoted his life really in dealing with uh, a number of his own charities uh, and, and working a lot um, uh, with single parents. Uh, so he'll be speaking. Uh, the great Dave Ramsey. So you want to talk about just straight uh, financial advice, uh, no-nonsense kind of guy. Uh, Dave Ramsey speaking. And then, of course, uh, uh, Dr. John C. Maxwell uh, will be speaking. So this event, I mean, to hear any one of those speakers – um, you could pay anywhere from three to four thousand um, dollars at an event, um, or you know you could go to one of these all-day seminars where you're you're spending anywhere from seven hundred to two thousand dollars. Most of the simulcasts that you'll find um, are priced anywhere from a hundred dollars to three hundred dollars, somewhere around there for a ticket. Uh, so the value that you're going to get from this event is incredible. Um, Everybody that I know that's hosting it is really rolling out the red carpet. We're hosting ours at, at a place uh, here in town called Ross Bridge. Uh, it's just an amazing location. It's a beautiful location. Um, you know, we're having uh, breakfast. We've got local speakers, local leadership uh, experts that are going to be uh, filling in. Uh, in between, it's, it's just going to be a phenomenal time. So check that out. You can go to l2l.johnmaxwell.com to find a location in your area. Um, it's just absolutely an event you're not going to want to miss. That, again, is happening October 6th, uh, uh, 2017, uh, l2l.johnmaxwell.com. So that's all the wrap-up of everything that was going on. Um, I've got more events more things that are coming up. Um, and then uh, we'll get into uh, what we want to talk about on today's show. Uh, as you can see, we did a little bit of filler. Me being a project manager by trade, uh, we actually did have a guest that uh, that was planned on the show this uh, this week. Who uh, uh, just we don't know what happened. We hope everything is okay. Did not show up. So uh, we're going to dive into uh, setting some goals and goal setting. How I feel about goal setting, uh, what I think about goal setting, uh, what what's a smart goal, and and whether or not and and, and you know if you hang out with me uh, until after the break. Whether or not you should set goals at all, um, and I know that that um, sounds kind of controversial, uh, but I'll actually answer that question uh, right after the break. You're listening to Rick Morris and the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? 
In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance here on a Friday. So let's talk about goals. Right before we uh, went into break, I kind of teased you on that about goals, goal setting, and uh, whether or not they're important. And, And this is one of these topics that, um, you know, over time, I've certainly grown on. So, you know, obviously, early on um, in your career, you start to set goals. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will, will teach you to set goals. And we've all heard not only about goals, but we've heard about SMART goals. And, uh, you know, back back in the day, you know, they say, you know, you need to set SMART goals and SMART being an acronym, um, you know, that they need to be specific and they need to be measurable and they need to be attainable and they need to be realistic and they need to be timely. And, and you know, and I heard that um, very young and, you know, I started to go after those types of things. And, and um, uh, so, you know, specific. OK, so I want I want to be an executive by the time I'm 30 years old. And, and you know, all right, that's measurable, right? I, I have now set a job title and, and uh, it's attainable. It, it, it can happen. And um, it's it's realistic. That could happen. And, and, and it's timely. I, you know, I was I, I was on a specific career track. But what, what ends up happening with goals and I think the the issue with goals um, specifically around you know, these types of SMART goals is, is that people then tend to attach feelings to them as well. So, so what they do is they say, you know, if I become an executive by the time I'm 30 years old, then I will be happy. Um, if I get this car by the time I'm 33, then I will, then I will be deemed successful. And if I am successful there be thereby, I will be happy. Um, and, and that's, that's where things become very dangerous. Also, when they say it's specific and measurable, they tend to hand check themselves to what they feel they can attain. And so that's where things start to, to go awry as well. It's, it's like, well, I don't know that I could be an executive at a big company. I think I could just be an executive at a company and, and it could be just a company where there's two people and I name myself an executive. And so you start to to hand check down or, or start to pull yourself down into an area in which you feel it's attainable, but it's not necessarily stretching yourself or pushing yourself beyond. And this is where, you know, one of the things that, that I heard from, from, you know, John Maxwell that, that really hit me, and, and I'll tie this back in also to, to one of my rants about uh, probably five weeks ago when I was talking about uh, Sisyphus and, and, you know, pushing that rock up the, up the hill. It's, you know, when, when you start to, to try to do these things or you're, you're trying to um, set these, these goals and, and, and you start to hand check down um, to what you think is attainable, um, then, then you don't push yourself. And one of the best stories I ever heard, you know, John share is, you know, he talks about becoming an expert and he had decided he wanted to become an expert on leadership. And, and you know, quite frankly, there, there is no better expert on leadership right now that uh, certainly alive or ever, I, I would say. Um, and when he started down the path of, of wanting to become an expert, he he you know, had read somewhere and I'm not sure where the quote is and, and, 
you know, but it says if you do something for 30 minutes every day, you, you, you know, for five years, you, you could become an expert. And so year one or year two, it was all about how fast can you, you know, how fast can it, can I become an expert? How fast can I attain this? How fast can, can I become the, the world leading expert or, or something of that sort? And he said about year three is where it changed for him. Because he, he recognized that he was asking the, the wrong question. It, it's not about how fast can you become something. It's about how far can you go. And that becomes very impactful. And so if I, if I take that very same analogy and apply that to, to my career as a consultant, you know, one of the things is certainly project management, project management technology that was something that that I was trying to become, you know, was in it was very egocentric. And, and you know, I, I had a lot of problems uh, with ego when I was young. I always wanted or tried to strive to become that person that that people would come to for the answers. And, and so I worked very hard to always try to have the answer. And so I found myself trying to answer a question before it was fully asked and uh, I, I, I would talk first in a meeting, and um, I'd, I'd find myself uh, stepping on toes, <laughs> number one. Number two, answering the wrong question. And, and number three, generally providing the wrong answer. Th- those were the three things that were occurring to me, and it was very frustrating because I, I knew the direction that we were trying to go. It's just I couldn't get people to to get there, and then I would kill my credibility before we could even get started. Those were the things that that, that I was seeing happening and um, because I was trying to get there too fast. I was trying to move too fast. I was trying to get – it, was, it wasn't about how fast can we get there. It was about how far we could go. And so now that I've grown, one thing I've recognized um, in my own career is uh, – you, you never stop learning. And, and not only that, but the methodologies are changing uh, on a daily basis. And, and not only that, but information is, is growing at an exponential level. I mean, the amount of information available to us and the amount of information being captured, cataloged, and shared is growing at an exponential level. So there's just no way I, – I don't even really like the term expert anymore. I really don't even like that term because it's very hard to deem somebody an expert. And then then you have that term, you know, thought leadership. Well, thought leadership is is growing at an exponential level because there's so many new things that are happening. You know, technology and, and apps and disruption and everything that's happening out there right now is growing at such an exponential level. How can you possibly consider yourself an expert when everything, I mean, everything that I possibly thought I could know today about technology, about what's happening in the world, changed today. I mean, it absolutely changed today. While I was having lunch today, something in this world happened that's going to change how tomorrow works. It, it absolutely did. Something in the something somebody had an idea today, somewhere in this world, that's going to change how tomorrow works. You know, I just I, I saw an article that the iPhone is ten years old. I, I want you to think. I want you to think about that. Ten. That my my son is ten years old, and I I, I can't imagine. I mean. The, the device itself has become such an integral part of the society. But that device alone, I mean, it's 10 years old. Think about the exponential growth of that, of that device. And so coming, bringing that all the way back to goal setting and in, in, in sitting there going, okay, well, I'm going to be an expert in three years. Dude, whatever you just learned today is going to change tomorrow. I, I just goal setting itself it becomes a, a challenge. So I think the 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 whole mentality of goal setting needs to be more of 
journey setting really is really the, 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 the new mentality. The new mentality is if I'm going to be relevant as somebody that is going to help shape technology of the future, then I have to be on a journey to try to be learning every day and and recognize that that I have to learn, unlearn, relearn, and then do it all over again tomorrow. That to me is the understanding of of of, of what goal setting is all about. And so and I'll apply this to a whole different industry when we come back after the break. But I mean, think about the the way the way business is done. I, I'm telling you right now, five years from now, the the top thirty companies. Write it down. The top thirty companies today. If you look at who the top thirty companies are right now, five years from now, I guarantee you, twenty of them will not be in that same list. Write it down, guaranteed, because technology and disruption is changing that fast. It is, it, is, it is happening that fast. So what's happening then is because we're now living in an instantaneous culture, that, that I'm watching these kids that, that walk in into a, an organization and they think that they, they deserve a promotion and, and they think that they deserve to, to move up the chain because they got their first gold star on a report. And it's this instantaneous culture that, that's driving the fact that goal setting is, is passe. So I, I know I went on several tangents there, but let, let me bring it back all the way around to the original point and then we'll go on break. I don't think goals should be attainable to set feelings. So again, if you say the goal is, well, I think if I get to that house or if I think I get to that car and then I'll be happy, I promise you, once you get that house or you get that car, you may be euphoric for about 45 seconds, maybe even a day, but then what? So it's not a goal, it's a journey. So when we come back after break, what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to flip this and talk about a whole other industry to continue to drive this point about how the world is changing and how your journey versus goals should be. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? 
In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. All right, so we're back on the Work-Life Balance. So we've been kind of talking goals. We've been talking about a little bit of thought leadership. And and, and so, you know, I was I was doing goals around, you know, the SMART goal and whether or not, you know, it, it's even uh, attainable anymore. And I was talking about that from a technology thing. And so I wanted to share more of a personal story and personal experience. I just find this kind of funny, but it's uh, the, the question I wanted to, to, to throw out there and pose to you as an audience is nowadays, right, when, when we start talking about thought leadership and you start talking about um, whether or not in, in today's culture, when you have a medical issue, do you seek out now an older doctor or a younger doctor? And, and so think about that for a second. And, and so I, I, I pose that and I'll give you my just my personal insights and what I've seen. So, um, and, and again, I look. There's a thousand factors in this, but I just I just pose that as kind of a what if. Um, and so, what I've seen, and again, it, a lot of it has to deal with personality. But what I've seen is the 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 older doctors are kind of more set in their ways. They they kind of have have their their years of experience. And they kind of know what has worked for them, what hasn't worked for them, and they tend to not generally pick up on the newer technology. They, 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 you know, they new te- new techniques, new things like that, and and that kind of stuff um, isn't always easier for them to adopt. And then you've got the newer doctors, which tend to use the newer techniques, latest research, you know, have, have some of the, the fresher ideas, but then generally don't quite have that, that year experience. So, so then you have to start evaluating, evaluating what is the type of procedure that's being done, right? So, you know, when it comes to operations, right? So if they're going to open you up, well, then, you know, you tend to want to have that older doctor because, you want the risk factors and, you know, if something were to go wrong, uh, you want that experience of, okay, something's going wrong. Um, you want the, the person that's seen that a thousand times and can react and, and just be able to uh, know what to do, like, uh, uh, you know, basically from muscle memory versus, you know, somebody that this could be a new issue and they've never seen it before. I only pose that because when you start talking about, you know, new technologies and new things like that. It's it's that adoption, and so you, you start to look at this across industries, and and start to understand that, you know, as disruptors come in to new industries, there's generational gaps that you have to deal with as well. So it's it's interesting to see that when you start talking about goal setting, thought leadership, and the journey to become an expert. It's it's you have the the person that that's performing that, but you also have that generational gap of adoption as well as as people in the the view of that adoption. One of the stories that I share with my kids all the time, um, specifically around technology, you know, one of the things that that I know it's going to happen, and 
I, I play the what if game with them. But you hear the, the older generation say to the younger generations all the time that we didn't have that type of technology um, when we were kids. And well, I didn't have that when I was a kid. And, and so, you know, I share with my son, um, we, we actually have one of the new uh, PlayStation VRs and it, it's really cool. It's really fun to play with. And I was explaining to him that, you know, when I was his age, uh, the best that we had was a, a Commodore 64 or the Atari 2600. And, you know, you had to use a lot of imagination. And even then, though, that was cool to us. And I would hear my parents say, you know, we didn't even have that as kids. And so you start you, you start thinking about that. And I remember my, my father um, had huge difficulties trying to figure out how to program a VCR. It just he, he was very technology savvy, but he couldn't program a VCR. And and so far, there's not been a piece of technology that that's come my my direction that I haven't been able to figure out. But um, you know, my my wife in, in DVRs and things like that. There, there's a little difficulty there. Um, I, I watched my um, my daughter have to uh, train my in-laws with their iPads, and so so I'm starting to see it. I, I wonder, in, in getting to my story, I wonder what is the technology going to be that that my grandchildren uh, provi- provided that, that that I get some, um, and, and that I'm blessed to, to to be alive when they're there. What what is the technology going to be that that finally passes me by? I know it'll happen. I know it'll be there, uh, but what would that be? And and so my my kids and I always you know play that what if game. That w- what is it going to be? What is going to be that piece of technology that finally um, it becomes so advanced that that I can't figure it out? Um, and, and I'm excited to, to know what that is. And I'm excited also for that flash of realization to go, okay, here it is. I got it. Um, it's now finally got gotten past me. Uh, so for my dad, it was the VCR. Um, for for my in-laws, it was the iPad, uh, although they're good with it now. But, you know, they, there was a little bit of a learning curve. Uh, for me, you know, uh, I, I look forward to whatever that might be. Um, but... Um, Having said that, again, there's these industries, there's this, these generation gaps, there's these things that uh, that occur as as industry and as growth and, and all of that is. So all of that to say that if we don't learn, relearn, unlearn, and, and approach it as a daily basis, um, then how do you consider yourself a thought leader? How do you consider yourself an expert? And, and so let me apply that now. Um, to my my daily trade, um, I have been blessed um, and, and asked to uh, be a participant in in a book that's going to be coming out here um, in, in October. Um, uh, so there, there, there's a, a great friend of mine, John Stenbeck, who wrote the Agile Almanac. Now, a year and a half ago, um, if you if you would have asked me about Agile, uh, which is a methodology for development teams in the software industry. Um, I, I would have told you uh, that that I thought it was somewhat of a fad or, or something that um, was just another way to to do some cowboy coding or, or ways to circumvent process. And um, I had uh, a, a lot of people that I would run into that would say things like, you know, we can't tell you when we're going to be done because we're agile or um, that, um, you know, we can't tell you uh, – how long this will take because we're agile or we don't need project management anymore because we're agile. And so they, they were doing it wrong. Um, but more and more what was happening is I was bumping into organizations that were going through agile transformations and they were doing it incorrectly. And I recognized very quickly that if, if I didn't get on board and if I didn't start to learn, unlearn, relearn and, and start to embrace what was happening in the industry, then I was going to become very quickly irrelevant, and I was going to very quickly lose my footing in an industry that has been so good to me. So I've been a project manager for 20-plus years. I speak at technology conferences um, all over the world, and uh, if I didn't embrace and, and didn't start to be able to bring my style of speaking and, and really understand and embrace this new methodology – then I was going to lose footing in what I do for a living. So um, you you have to jump in both feet. You have to go learn it, understand it, and put it in practice, which is 
what I had to do. And so um, I could have uh, made the decision to uh, rebel against it. I could have made the decision to uh, not um, not take a, a leadership journey with, with the methodology. Um, and instead, um, you know, kind of using Maxwell as a guide, um, I sat down and started devoting, you know, 45 minutes to an hour every day to learn as much as I can. And that's something that continues uh, to this day. Uh, because of, of that, um, that commitment, then I've been blessed and, and honored to start getting asked to speak on the topic, um, to start writing uh, new materials on it. And again, you know, each of us brings uh, different kind of insights to, to the table. And, and what I'm being paid for now is that inside of being a project manager and how do I see this methodology um, through those project management eyes. And so, you know, doing what I've done for 20 years and how do I really see this methodology growing? How do I see it evolving? And, and not only that, but really what I've done um, over the last six or seven years is the strategic portfolio side. Which is you know how do how do you make the decisions uh, of which uh, which projects to fund and, and things like that and and so agile is a very tactical um, kind of day to day methodology where you know program portfolio management is very strategic and long term long long term focused and so blending those two things together is still something that people are trying to figure out. Um, so by taking the journey that, the, that I have, we're starting to be able to develop new thoughts and, and, and new insights into blending the two worlds together. So that wasn't a commercial for me. What, what, what that was was more of a personal story to say, you know, I saw something that I disagreed with. I saw something that was very, very uncomfortable to me. Um, and so I could either left it and, and, and been very uncomfortable um, and, and decided not to pursue it um, and just stayed within my little comfort zone. Um, or I could have really just gone after it and explored it. And in, in doing so, um, there have been many more opportunities that have been afforded to me and my family because of it. So um, I just share that story around that whole portion of, of the journey because I, I think so many people say, you know, that's so far outside of my comfort zone. I don't, I don't want to touch it. And I think that if if you stay within the confines of that comfort zone, that uh, that uh, you know a lot of times, especially as quickly as technology changes and as quickly as industries change, um, it can it can leave you by. So I'm going to leave it there for a second. We're going to take another quick break. We're going to let the uh, commercials run for us, and we'll be right back on the work life balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. 
Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for the final segment of the Work-Life Balance this week. It's been a fun week. Um, next week, uh, I am trying to plan something really, really special. Um, and uh, this person doesn't know this is going to ha happen. Um, so I'm trying to pull this off. But, um, you know, th this show, uh, it being about work in life uh, balance, um, there's somebody who's kind of near and dear to me um, from a life perspective. And so uh, I'm going to try to get uh, both of these people on the show um, certainly uh, one or two of them on the show. But next week, I'm, I'm actually um, going to be at a, a family uh, event uh, in Granbury, Texas. And um, so there, my, my brother's going to be there. Uh, so I'm going to try to get him onto the show with me um, and just interview him about some of his life events and then try to get uh, uh, my Uncle Gene onto the show as well. Uh, so my Uncle Gene's a character, uh, and, and, you know, growing up, uh, he's one of the wittiest people I think I've ever met. Um, and so I'm going to try to get both of these gentlemen on the show. We'll do it live from, from Granbury at a, at a family reunion event that, we're, that I'm going to be at next week. So you, you're not going to want to miss that show because if I can get these two guys on the show, it, it's going uh, to be nuts. It's, it's going to be crazy. Um, it should be a lot of laughs. Uh, they'll, they'll tell some pretty revealing stories. Um, but also uh, just some tremendous life experience. Again, my, my brother uh, has been a career military person, 101st Airborne, uh, served uh, at least uh, uh, three or four tours, um, and has been under the threat of war in South Korea the last 13 years. Uh, but he's just got some tremendous stories around leadership. Uh, and then my Uncle Gene's just uh, probably one of the, the biggest goofballs I think I've ever met in my entire life, who's, who's always... Uh, made us laugh. So it, it should make for a fantastic show. Uh, but it's something that um, I'm trying to uh, pull off for the show next week. <coughs> Excuse me for that. Um, on the 28th, the show, um, we're going to have Joan Wright on the show, um, who is uh, the executive director for a charity here in Birmingham that I've worked with um, since my daughter was born. When my daughter was first born, I wanted to find a way to give to charities. I didn't have money. Uh, but what I did have was project management skills. And so I put together a couple of different projects here in town. I found her at the time, um, and, and we found a way to build some libraries for uh, some schools in the inner city here in, in Birmingham. And I've been connected with her ever since. And we've got some events that are coming up that's going to be tied to the Live to Lead event. Um, and uh, so we're going to have Joan on uh, talking about uh, not only running a nonprofit, but just some of the things that, that we're going to be doing uh, together uh, as she runs Child Care Resources. So we'll have her on the 28th. Um, and then uh, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, we've got a live event, uh, the 25th. August 25th is going to be the live certification event for the John Maxwell team in Orlando. So once again, I'll be there for the 25th through the 29th. Um, we will be also attending Dragon Con uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, which uh, comes up over the Labor Day weekend. So that's September 2nd uh, and 3rd. So we'll be out there for that. Uh, and then uh, September 11th uh, through the 13th, we'll be speaking at the Resource Planning Summit um, out in Texas, I believe, for that one. So I've uh, got a lot of events that are going to be coming up uh, here on the show. So you don't want to miss those. Um and we also have another live show uh, September 29th that we'll be doing from the IIBA conference. Uh, so some cool events popping up on the show here. 
um, and we're trying to uh, do a lot more of the live events as uh, a lot of the listeners have been tweeting us and talking to us about the ones that we did there. Like, um, if, if you haven't heard it, um, we did one live uh, in El Paso, Texas, where I interviewed the real life Q, uh, who was um, who actually makes the devices for uh, the CIA. And so, if you know the James Bond Q, uh, this guy is the real life one. His name's Michael O'Brocht. Has been a great friend of mine for many years, and uh, tells some really, really interesting stories. So you can go to VoiceAmerica.com. Find me on the Work-Life Balance. Look at some of the past shows. You can find rickamorris.com or click on the Work-Life Balance there and find our past episodes. Uh, that one was the Michael O'Brocta, the Real Life Q episode. Uh, but tune in always on Fridays. Uh, we're at 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern. Um, and we've got some really cool events that are going to be planned. Um, we're also uh, working on getting uh, Brittany Wagner back on as um, uh, Last Chance You Season 2 is about to drop on Netflix. We had her on um, after the first season. Uh, she lives now here in Birmingham. She's working on building her speaking career. Uh, so we'll be getting her on shortly again on the show um, as we've got some uh, more exciting guests, um, several new authors that uh, are popping up. Uh, I just met uh, uh, today with a really, really exciting uh, young man that's been working in uh, education. Um, and uh, he's got a, a, a phenomenal book out. His name is uh, Todd uh, no, I think it's Nestlany is how you say his last name, Todd Nestlany. Uh, but he's been working um, with the White House on a couple of initiatives, and uh, we'll have him on the show again shortly. Uh, so lots of exciting things coming up here on the Work-Life Balance. If you stay tuned to us, we love you for it. Uh, but uh, again, every Friday, 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern, you're listening to Rick Morris. Tune in to us every Friday, and we'll talk to you again next week from Granbury, Texas. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management 